one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. Hello again. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Hey Bus Driver podcast. Uh, my name is Jason Nelson, and I am joined today by several people to talk about a very uh, important, sensitive topic around uh, stopping for the school bus. And on the, I guess you could call it the week's eve of school bus safety week that's coming up here, uh, wanted to get a bunch of important people in this call so that we could talk uh, about the stopping of the school bus. So um, I'm again joined by my buddy Chad. I guess uh, some people didn't like you being called Chet or uh, Tony Romo, so we're going to have to come I up with some, something yeah. else. But, uh, you know, we'll have to get you your own character, I guess. But Chad's back to join us. Uh, also joined by um, NASDIP's president, uh, Mike LaRocco, LaRocco, sorry, and uh, executive director, Charlie Hood. And then um, also Red Mean Stop from Pennsylvania, Amber Clark, to talk a little bit about what's going on in Pennsylvania. And Bus, to, Bus Patrol CEO, Jean Solier. Solier? That's right. Got it. Yeah, thank All right. you, Jason. So welcome, everybody. Um, thank you for being here. How's everybody doing on this Friday afternoon before uh, another weekend? Pretty good? Great. Yeah, awesome. amazing. So, awesome. Uh, by the way, it's the eve of Canadian Thanksgiving. There you weekend. go. Awesome. I didn't, I didn't even know. So. Yeah, we have it a month earlier because uh, snow, or a month, over a month earlier because the snow comes faster in Canada. So Got we it. have to harvest more quickly. So do you have like a typical, like, is it American themed Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah. I mean, we, we, we eat all the same things sure. the turkey yeah. and the Virginia ham, although it's Quebec ham for us. Got it. Um, the only thing that you, that you guys have that we don't, that I love, is the sweet potato pie with that mushroom fluff on the top. Awesome. Awesome. So how's that going to be impacted by uh, COVID-19 this year? You can still have yeah, the social crazy. gatherings or everybody kind of get it to go and go home, go back home and do a virtual Thanksgiving. Drive, drive through. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's basically my my in-laws are, are in their late 80s, so I had to quarantine and, and get myself ready to go see them. And then I'm back to New York City um, after after this holiday. Um, you know, everyone's just trying to be safe and, and do the right thing to make sure that uh, the people we love are taken care of. So sure. that's what I'm doing. And then heading back to um, to America where I live and, and continuing this journey for, for student safety. And, awesome. And making the safer place for kids well thank you all like i said for being here so i do want to just run through introductions one more time let everybody kind of have an opportunity to talk about how you got into this uh industry and and a little bit about what you do and then we'll circle back to uh nasdips and the school bus safety week so um mike you want to talk a little bit about um just how your little you know maybe a couple minutes on your journey here in student transportation uh sure for me it's it, People ask me that a lot. It's, it's more dumb luck than anything else. Uh, returning back from the military from Germany, and, and my wife got a teaching job in a school district. 
and they happened to be looking for someone with some computer experience and I applied and, and started my journey on November 1st of 1993 in school transportation. So I've been a director in uh, two school districts for 15 plus years and then eventually transitioned to the state director and been in school transportation now almost 27 years. Awesome. Thank you. And Charlie? I, I guess that makes me the old guy in the group. Uh, thank you, first off, uh, J- Jason and uh, Bus Patrol for inviting us to the podcast. I uh, started in student transportation specifically in 1981 with the Florida Department of Education as a vehicle maintenance specialist, doing inspections and reviews and those kinds of things. Uh, eventually graduated to become state director of student transportation, which I did for 24 years for the Florida Department of Education. Uh, and I retired from that in 2014, and NASDIPS was gracious enough to to allow me to apply for their uh, executive director position that was open at the time. And uh, so that's uh, that's what I've been doing for the last six years. It's been a been a real honor. I've gotten to meet a lot of great people around the country, and uh, certainly learning every day. Very nice. And Amber, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. My first podcast. <laughs> um, I, I, I I was an angry parent. Uh, my my daughter uh, started school in 2017. Kindergarten started riding the school bus, and and uh, that's where I unfortunately witnessed uh, uh, the reason that, that Jean and, and and Mike and Charlie do what they do, which is school bus violations. So I got involved with um, my uh, local senator and state representative, and uh, we helped. Uh, we got some legislation passed to get stop arm cameras. Um, but I'm just a working mom, so I have a full-time job. And I, uh, the last few years, I've been advocating for school bus safety and uh, just trying to keep everybody, you know, everybody safe and aware. Uh, the issue to light so very nice thank you and john yeah um well i'm ceo of bus patrol and i got into this industry accidentally i, th- I think that's like a common thread with a lot of people i talk to um you just kind of fall into it I- i'm a technologist um from canada uh working with big software um from america silicon valley companies like oracle um and i focused on supply chain logistics so i was actually building solutions for the trucking industry and uh, I have a friend who owns uh, a school bus um, operating company. And he told me that their buses kept getting passed illegally. I didn't even believe him at first. So then I, uh, I and, and he knew I was a techie and we had a bunch of engineers and we could come up with something. So he, he I asked him to have his bus drivers track how many times they got passed in our neighborhood. Because, you know, no one believes it happens in sure. their neighborhood. So then it, he, he did that. We had 15 bus drivers manually track over over a month. And it was an average of three violations per bus per day in our neighborhood. And we were just completely blown away. And that one lunch turned into us in, inventing stuff, building stuff, acquiring stuff to eventually be the most deployed stop arm enforcement technology in the world. So it's been quite an adventure. That is an adventure. Uh, I, I commend all of you again for being a part of this and hopefully that by the end of this we can have uh, a pretty good uh, understanding of just calls calls to action that are available out there for everybody and what they can do. You know, I, I can speak for probably quite a few, even just myself, of you know how helpless it feels at times when you're a bus driver and um, you know you're getting your stop arm run 
consistently every day, every week. And it just seems like no matter what you do, there's just not the amount of manpower and law enforcement to come out and enforce. You know, Arizona has probably close to 8,000 buses on the road, you know, and we're, we're probably one of the smaller um, states in the nation as far as, you know, student transportation goes. So when you start looking at California and the East Coast, um, just talking about how many buses are out there running, that's quite a few, you know, if you just take your, your average of three per day, right, multiply that by however many um, buses are on the road, that's that's probably a pretty large number and probably a pretty safe number, honestly. So uh, pretty interesting. But uh, into uh, School Bus Safety Week, and, and uh, I want to just talk a little bit about National Association of State Directors of People Transportation Services. So um, obviously we have Mike and Charlie here to talk a little bit about what uh, this organization does, as well as how they partner with uh, NAPT and NSTA to to create this School Bus Safety Week. So, um, Mike, do you want to talk a little bit, first of all, what NASDIPS does and um, how, how it supports the industry? And then um, maybe just you guys can, we'll rotate kind of questions back and forth just about how school bus safety week came to be what is it i think there's probably a lot of people that see it in social media but maybe don't necessarily know exactly what it does or how it gets people involved sure uh nasdips or the national association of state directors of pupil transportation services yes i know we're state government focused so we love our really long acronyms but it's essentially the 50 or so uh people that do my job we're the state directors for each state we're there to assist our local districts with issues related to school transportation. Most of the time, it's regulations and laws that we assist with. But sometimes we'll, we'll drive down to those uh, or drill down to those other subjects like you're mentioning here, stop arm violations. Uh, as we can talk about a little bit later, I mean, it's come to play. In my school district, uh, almost two years ago, we had three students killed at a bus stop because someone violated the stop arm. So it, one of the things that we do is, is in our position is we do an annual survey every year and try and get a snapshot, a one-day snapshot of what it looks like at that bus stop when how many people are actually violating stop arms. And, and we've already had a couple, heard a couple from various people about that. So that's our, our main function. As far as School Bus Safety Week, that's actually way before my time. So I'm not sure that I would be the, the right person to answer that question. Charlie... Uh, it's been there a little bit longer, tiny bit longer than me. So he might be able to uh, give a little bit more clarification on that one. But uh, what we do work a lot with NAPT and NSTA to try and formulate some policy procedures and get information out in general, because that's what the uh, annual stop arm survey is about, just getting information out about this particular problem. So, Charlie? Well, uh, School Bus Safety Week, and this is this is beyond even my time at my age, uh, started in, uh, it was actually as a result of a proclamation by President Nixon back in 1969. So the first School Bus Safety Week occurred in 1970. It was largely through the efforts of a well-known industry transportation, former California transportation director and now industry consultant, Dick Fisher, who many of you have heard of, uh, that it got going. Uh, and... It really was designed for just what it says to promote school bus safety, because uh, as you as you may know, school bus safety was uh, was nowhere close to the level that it is now. 
back then. There used to be many, many more children killed and injured both on the bus and outside the bus than there are these days with all the improvements in the bus technology and the, uh, the driver operational requirements and commercial driver licensing and everything else. So uh, it's really a, a it's a tight, you know fifty year effort. So um, it's uh, so that this is a this is a big year for us in that respect. Yeah. I had no idea it was that old. That's amazing. Yeah. Learn new every day, literally. Anybody else here know it's fifty years old? <laughs> nope. <laughs> not at all. So how did how did I mean? Do you guys just pick a theme every year? Um, how did how does it come to be that this this year just happens to be the red light means stop uh, theme around school bus safety week this week or this coming week? School bus safety week is uh, the theme is sort of organized and decided upon by a uh, by the three of by the three associations a small a committee of the three associations. Uh, until very, very recently, NAPT was the lead group. The National Association for the Pupil, Tran- for Pupil Transportation was the lead group in organizing it. Uh, the judging of the poster contest is done by all three associations in concert. It's it, newly new to Safety Week is that it's being administered by the American School Bus Council now, which really is a, a coalition of all three of the major school bus uh, tr- national organizations, as well as the three large original equipment school bus manufacturers. So uh, we're excited that ASBC is taking over the administration of it. We, the, the safety week itself and the poster contest, which is sort of its marquee event uh, in which students submit uh, posters every year. And then there's a national winner and several divisional winners. That event uh, will, uh, we're moving into the electronic age where we're probably going to be going to electronic voting and there won't be as much paper moving back and forth. It'll be more about uh, images and uh being judged and transmitted by uh email and so on so it's 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 moving forward but uh yeah safety week is a a very important initiative it's the it's the one time of year maybe maybe twice if you include the love of the bus that's also coordinated by american school bus council in february it's the one time of year when we really get quite a lot of uh, attention from outside the industry sure Everybody, everybody inside the industry already pretty well knows the safety record of school buses and just and how they're far safer than other ways kids get to and from school. But but parents and others, uh, even policymakers in some cases, often have a misperception that school buses aren't safe for whatever reason. And uh, Safety Week is a way to to primarily honor the drivers because the drivers are the, absolutely the most important uh, link in the in the safety chain. So. Sure. Uh, we use Safety Week uh, throughout the nation, and I know when I was in Florida Transportation Director, we used it as an excuse to, to do everything from from mullet fries to uh, whatever we could do to, to bring drivers in and show them we appreciate them. Awesome. That's so, a great point, Charlie. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry to interrupt, no, Jason. I just, I just want to highlight that is, you know, the school bus driver, when it comes to stop arm violations, they often get forgotten in the messaging for it, right? Like, when you're just sitting there and you think about these school bus drivers, typically they're they're doing this for extra money in their retirement, a way to contribute to community, um, a way to 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 help. And so um, they're driving those buses every day. And when they open up that door and they let the kid out, stop arm deployed, they followed everything. They've done every step to keep the kid safe. But when that car is barreling down the road. They have their horn and their voice and that's it. And that is a very stressful experience for a human being to live. 
And so we're asking these people who are trying to, to do good with their time and contribute to live that on a daily basis. So bringing stop arm enforcement and giving them tools to be heard and seen is really at the forefront of everything that, that we try and do. I mean, they they are so important. Thank you for, for highlighting that, Charlie, because, um, you know, we, we have to we have to recognize um, how important they are in, in that process. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. School bus drivers are my heroes. And now we've thrown all the uh, issues and the, the, the potential um, hazards associated with uh, COVID on top of them, uh, those that are back re with return to school. So it's an extremely complex job. And even just the one aspect that we're talking about today of, of us of performing and, and ensuring a safe school bus stop is is quite a complex sequence of events that all has to occur correctly. And 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 fortunately, in the vast, vast majority of the times it does. Uh, but school bus drivers have a lot of training in how to uh, properly uh, ensure that kids cross safely in states that have a standardized signaling procedure, how, how, to, how to make that work how to count and account for the kids when they get on and off the buses to be sure that that no child uh, is in the danger zone of the bus itself or is uh, getting ready to be uh, potentially struck by an illegally passing vehicle, which I know is the theme of primary theme of today's talk. Yep. So it's a, it's a tough job. It's a very complex job with a lot of variables and a lot of training required. Totally. Well, and I think people, I think people assume that it's just someone driving their kids around and dropping them off like they do. You know, you get, you know, I'm not going to say soccer mom, soccer dad, Chad, picking up a bunch of kids at basketball practice and you take them and you drop them off at home, you drive away. It's no big deal. Seems easy. Most people don't realize everything that goes into it, even before they start the day and inspecting the bus. You're doing their walk arounds, inspecting the bus, you know, all the different safety inspections they do, check all the lights on top of dealing with the kids and, you know, the, the passing traffic that won't stop, for example, or, you know, whatever, cutting them off and, yeah, no, it's it's a harder job than most people could ever imagine. That people don't pay them respect should ride with them for one day and see. <laughs> see yeah. Yeah. I, I've said it. I've said it for years. I don't ever want to be a school bus driver. I don't know if I could handle it. Seriously, I don't think I could. Definitely, so yeah. definitely, definitely stressful. So many, so many different uh, stresses that come to, you know, whether dealing with the kids, the parents, the traffic, the but, you know, just the operation of the school bus itself, right? So uh, it, it's definitely a lot uh, a lot of stuff to, to worry about. Mike, I want to just circle back real quick on the um, survey that you guys conducted this year and, and just talk a little bit about what you saw out of that and what maybe NASDIPS is doing with that type of information, um, either at the, you know, organizational level, does that get pushed somewhere to... Um, you know, whether it's uh, lawmakers or, um, you know, some some other entity that maybe looks at that data and, and tries to determine what to do with it? Uh, sure. Yeah. We did not do a survey this year because of COVID-19. I mean, all you got to do is say COVID-19 and that <laughs> usually covers everything. So the last time we did it was uh, in 2019. And it, Charlie can give a little bit more definitive answer on on numbers. But for, for the state, for the entire country. And this wasn't all states participating uh, completely. We had something in the neighborhood of 80,000 stop arm violations in one day, a, a little terrifying number. And, and really what we use that for is more so than anything else is to get that information up 
to the legislative level, level so that they can look at some possible solutions that could help with that. And some of it would be things like stop arm cameras or just more robust uh, enforcement of it. I, I can tell you, we use that number many times after our Rochester, Indi Indiana fatality back in 2018. I talked to many legislatures and I use those numbers more specifically to Indiana, but we use those numbers to give them an idea of what it's like every year. And unfortunately, the numbers, if you look at the, the, the continuance of the survey over what, 10 or 11 years, Charlie, I think the numbers are frighteningly, frighteningly pretty much the same from year to year to That's year. Yeah. yeah, you would, yeah. and you would think that after a certain amount of time, when you're getting enough attention, that our motorists would take a little bit more care around that that yellow school bus uh, hauling our most precious cargo. But it just does not seem to be the case. And, and uh, probably some of it's technology issues that we're getting into. People are so enamored with their devices while they're driving. So I, I think we're using this as ways to try and get that information out, and we're looking at the industry to give us better technology. Uh, we can't do much about the motorists. We can do things about maybe making things a little bit safer for the kids. For example, in Indiana, we're, we know a lot, no longer allow students to ever cross the state or U.S. highway at a bus stop. Even, even in those areas where it's really rural and you rarely ever see a car, we don't allow that to do that. So when we start seeing things like predictive stop arms and, and, uh, 360 camera systems and, and other devices that may help this, hopefully at some point in time, and this will get better. I, I'm not sure we'll be able to get our, a full handle on until we get to vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communication, sure. where you can throw that stop arm out, and there's an alert that goes out to every vehicle. Hey, there's a stop arm out. Be aware. But shoot, that maybe 10, 20 years down the road before we see a full right. implementation of that. So, Yeah, that, that, yeah. the thing. The, the, and it's a good point, Mike, you know, you bring up the data because the data allows us to actually convince people that there is a problem. Because the very first thing, like back in the beginning when we did this was people just didn't believe that it happened. It, like, and me included, like, like I really didn't until you start to dig in and you live it and, and you talk to drivers and you talk to parents. And, and now the data shows that. And, and one of the things that data allowed us to do was work with um, Senator Brown in Pennsylvania, where he introduced us to Amber. And then on top of that data, we had this pilot where we were able to show videos of these violations happening in, in communities that people could recognize. And, and that basically, the, just that footage alone and Amber's voice and story was like it was like giving the legislature something they could actually like see and believe and go oh my god this something needs to change right and and that's and 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 that's the key and i can yeah. i can say i mean you know amber um you know, i invite you to kind of you know share share your yeah. thoughts on this but your advocacy real, real quick i'm gonna go back to mike did, did you say eighty thousand per day yes just yeah, Charlie can give you the exact number from the last time because I've yeah, three. Yeah, Chad, and to, and to build on Jean's point uh, about how how important it is that um, that people know the numbers, we we all know. You know, most of us are student transportation professionals, and school bus drivers certainly know better than anybody how frequently it happens, and have have for years known that. But do policymakers know it, and do others know it? And now many of them are are realizing it because of because of the surveys we've been doing, even though 
the survey itself doesn't solve the problem. It it brings attention to the problem so that uh, so that people can then design safety interventions. But just to give you an idea of the scope of it, since you asked, uh, 2019 was our ninth annual survey. We had 131 thousand school bus drivers participate, which is about 27% of the nation's school bus drivers. Uh, and it's a voluntary survey, so we felt pretty good about that participation rate. Uh, that, that in and of itself was evidence of the importance to them of the survey. But uh, 39 states, including DC, including Washington, DC, on, that, on the single snapshot day of our survey in 2019, we had 95,494 passes of those uh, of those drivers' school buses, just uh, on twenty-seven percent that were surveyed. Uh, of the twenty per, among the twenty percent of the drivers who were surveyed. So when you extrapolate that over a hundred and eighty-day school year, uh, even without extrapolating the number of drivers, it comes out to over fifteen million violations during a hundred and eight nationally during a hundred and eighty-day school year. So it's a shocking number. And when when federal agencies like NHTSA and FMCSA and others and, hear about that, uh, they're, they're now well aware of it because we've been doing the survey for nine years, but it, it just, it's just amazing to them. And it does help get attention to safety countermeasures that need to be made, including all the various solutions, uh, you know, whether it be photo enforcement or whatever it might be. Sure. So, yeah, uh, those are some overwhelming odds to, to put, how do I want to say this? There's some overwhelming odds to put kids at risk. You know I mean? I mean, you figured that many violations in a year, and all the kids that ride school buses every single day, those, I mean, the odds are stacked against the kids. It's yeah. literally. And, I mean, one the, and one of the most disturbing aspects of it, one of the most disturbing aspects of it is that 2% of the passes, because we ask direction of travel of the vehicles and also direction on which side of the bus, 2% of the passes are on the right or the student loading side wow. of the bus. So that's, uh, I mean, those are the, those are really shocking. We've all seen probably videos of when they happen. It just, it scares the heck out of you. And then Chad, scary data point for you. Okay. So that averages, it's almost one violation per bus per day when you actually extrapolated that, right? So you, you, when we did our pilot in Allentown, um, in Amber's uh, neck of the woods, we had one and a half violations per bus per day. So because we were using artificial intelligence, instead of having to rely on the human eye of the driver as they're doing their job, right? Because they've got 50 souls in the back that they have to manage. So now, but when you use technology to do the count, it's actually twice as bad. So, um, and, and and that's kind of the, the piece that gets people moving. So, and and is, is kind of the, and, and why states across the nation and why the National Transportation Safety Board came out in April of 2020 recommended that every state enable legislation to to enable programs like ours. Sure. So 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 that's kind of you, you. There's a momentum now in 2020 around this issue fueled by awareness, data and advocacy from from parents who aren't afraid to speak like Amber. And that's really helping us change the, the culture of driving around our school buses now. So Amber, did you know that uh, obviously you probably didn't know the data to this point when you brought this all to the forefront of what you're doing. So can you, you just talk a little bit about, um, you know, how, how it came to be, how, how, where you're going for now and, and what, um, you know, how successful you've been currently right now in Pennsylvania with your campaign. So 
my my involvement started uh, when my daughter started kindergarten in 2017 and the second week of school it that's when the very first incident happened where you know a, a guy was flying by I, I my daughter's godmother wanted to come to her school bus stop uh, she doesn't have children and and she wanted to see Olivia off you know it was the second Monday of school and uh, we had to uh, her her bus stop she picks up a bus in front of an elementary school um, uh, in a loading zone children everywhere crossing guards you know on each end of the block and uh, the stop arm came out uh, we had to cross the street. It was just a, a, a two two lane street. There's a shopping center on one side, school on the other. Uh, we looked both ways, uh, and I, I, right as we crossed the yellow line, I see this white car just barreling down, not stopping. The bus driver starts on 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 her horn, and I had enough time to grab my daughter with it up in my right arm and push uh, my daughter's godmother towards the bus out of the way, I spun and I was so close. I, I was able to put my hand on the car and the gentleman was laughing at me. Wow. So I, uh, I, wow, you know, I'm not a perfect driver, but no, you know, uh, you, you don't do that. And you, you don't laugh at it, you know? And my daughter was five and I, I, I my daughter's godmother said, does this happen all the time? What's, what's going on? Like it was, like that, but everything slowed down, you know, for me. And, and I, and then it just kept happening. Uh, and uh, so I started taking video, you know, at the stop and I started calling our local police department on the non-emergency line. And at that time, Allentown was short police officers and uh, the, the, the traffic, uh, the gentleman in charge, the officer in charge of the traffic division has had two officers in the entire traffic division in the third largest city in Pennsylvania. Hmm. And he, if we could be there, we would, you know, we want to be there. And uh, the first time that they came out to, to set up a little ambush, uh, when, when I had called them to ask them to do so, they weren't there five minutes and they had two tickets. It, 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 in the same violation, two cars passing each other, you know, following each other passing sure. the bus. So, um, and they, they want to be there, but they, they can't. And, and uh, so I got tired of making videos and complaining. Um, I, I tell my daughter, solve your problem, right? Solve sure. your problem sure. and find people to help you solve your problem. So I'm like, what would solve this problem? And my first thought was, well, we need to find people way more than what they're getting fined, right? Um, but then what I learned was that doesn't scare people because they're not getting caught. So if they're not getting caught, if they're not afraid of the stop arm, um, if they're not there, so the issue, what I found was there aren't enough resources to actually catch people. And I started talking to bus drivers. Uh, my, my father drove a bus for an elementary school um, in his retirement for about five years. Um, I, I talked to him. I talked to my daughter's bus driver. I, I started a Facebook page called Red Mean Stop and, and people started messaging me. So I found out shockingly uh, through one of the bus drivers, uh, she provided me with a, a questionnaire that they have to fill out in Pennsylvania. There, there's six pieces of information that yeah. they need to get just to be able to hand it in. To, we're to we're very similar here in Arizona. In Arizona, and if you don't get the license yeah. plate, you don't get the car make, and and even at that, it's it's like a you know a warning letter that who knows if it actually gets mailed out to them or not, right? It happens so quickly, and. Um, 
I, I said, well, how do you do that? And they say, well, we don't, you know, uh, sometimes my daughter's bus driver would uh, pull up to the stop diagonally and block traffic both ways, which also is, is I mean, it works. <laughs> Nobody can get past the bus at all. Um, I, I, however, that's not safe or, or, or legal sure. either. So, um, I started Googling and uh, I found uh, Charlie and Mike's website through Google and I, I found the, the surveys and I, I said, wow, okay, it's not in my head. <laughs> uh, it's happening everywhere, right? Um, so then I found, I also found NAPT and I found a list of states that already had legislation. So I cross-referenced that with um, uh, uh, Charlie and Mike's uh, survey and I contacted every single state director, thanks to your directory, and I talked to every state director that already had uh, legislation. Um, I have pages of notes. I talked to chiefs of police. I talked to uh, 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 pupil transportation directors, and you know, found out you know that really enforcement is the big thing. So then I thought, well, what can we use for enforcement? So wow, there's cameras inside the bus. Are there cameras outside the bus? So again, Google was my friend, and I found out that there are stop arm cameras. And I'm thinking, wow. Why don't we have that? You know, Allentown has 160 school buses and no stop arm cameras. And, you know, well, let me see how much do these cost? So I started calling stop arm camera companies like, hey, I just need a price quote. I'm a mom. I want to go, you know, to my school board meeting. So I, I, I got a quote. Uh, from a, a bus camera company. And I went to a school board meeting and I filled out my paper for my three minutes of time. And I asked the school district, would you please spend $110,000 and buy these, you know, stop arm cameras? And it was tumbleweeds, you know, uh, going across the floor because our school district, like many, you know, they, they, they don't have money. Sure. They, they, as much as they want to do it, they, they, they can't. So I thought, well, where can I get some money? So um, I uh, sold cupcakes. I, um, I I got a friend of mine to buy a bunch of uh, magnets that I designed. And I thought, okay, well, I'll raise $110,000, you know, but it was going pretty slow. Cupcakes are not expensive. So um, <laughs> they're good, but not expensive. So I thought, well, if we had a law passed, we could get funding, right? So I started calling, 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 talking, talking, talking. And um, I, I brought... Uh, Charlie and Mike, I brought your data with me everywhere I went. Um, I had printouts and I had a packet and I had my stump speech down to about seven minutes because people lose their attention, you know, their attention spans, um, just like the children that we're trying to protect. Um, and finally, I got a walk-in appointment at Senator Brown's office. And I, I, the, his uh, secretary, uh, a staff person, uh, I was going to just drop the paperwork off. And she said, sit down and talk to me. So I did. And she said, I'm a grandmother and I'm horrified and I will get you an appointment. So I got an appointment with uh, Pat Brown and I, I, uh, Matt Schuett, uh, one of his um, staffers, and uh, the very next week. And I did my seven minute stump speech. I handed him copies of every single uh, state that already had legislation. There were 16 at the time. I handed him copies of all of their bills that I had printed up. Um, I handed him copies of all of the stop arm surveys over the years that you guys have done. 
And I, I was ready to hear a no, because <laughs> that's what I had been getting. I don't do that. Talk to so-and-so. Uh, but he said, yeah, people are jerks. I'll write a law. I'll write a bill. <laughs> that's that's where that went. So, um, I mean, I had petitions on change.org. Um, I had about 2,000 signatures on one of those. Um, I had paper petitions. I was visiting bus stops and, you know, other people um, would, would, would hand things out. And um, I was going to uh, court cases with bus drivers, you know, as a, as a support. I've been to Reading, um, Bethlehem, Coopersburg, you know, trying to, you know, be like an advocate, you know, in the backseat for them and, and um, you know, and still witnessing all the stuff that happened in my daughter's bus stop. And, um, so, uh, we got the first, uh, uh we got uh, a law passed, uh, in 2018, and then we got another one passed, uh, uh, this over this summer that allows for our school districts to enter into contracts with awesome companies like, uh, Jean's. And, uh, that's, that's what I did. <laughs> I just didn't shut up until I got my way. Thank you. Yeah. But if I hadn't spoken to the bus drivers and if Charlie and Mike, um, hadn't uh, done, you know, what they've been doing over the years, you know, I, I would have just been an angry parent, you know, and, um, you know, I've got a horse in the race. And, and you know, unfortunately, when it comes to uh, our society these days, you know, if, if they're not impacted, they're really not paying attention. So um, you know, I figured if I just keep talking long enough and loud enough um, with with data and information, then then it would work. And it did. So so did those laws uh, that have been implemented there in Pennsylvania, did that include some type of funding that or through some sort of, you know, or any grants available that, you know, like everybody, like you said, school districts don't have a ton of money. Mm -hmm. So is there something that's being added in the, in the local funding there in Pennsylvania that's being requiring districts or, or allowing districts to have more affordable options to put this type of technology on their bus? That's a great question. Well, there, there's two. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go go ahead, Amber. I oh, okay. <laughs> uh, see, I, I, I told you I'd I no, talk. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, well, the first piece of legislation that we got passed, um, I wasn't exactly what we wanted, but um, I, 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 Senator Brown said half a loaf is better than no bread at all. So, you know, we'll fix it later, which we did. Um, so what that did was um, it uh, uh, created something called the School Bus Safety Grant Program. And that is where uh, when a stop arm violation is caught by a police officer, uh, whether it's state police or local or the bus driver, you know, um, by their normal channels, um, a portion of the fine, uh, which in Pennsylvania is $250, a portion of the fine goes into this school bus safety grant program. Uh, and at, when the fund gets to a certain amount, I don't, um, I'm not sure of what the exact rules are, then uh, schools can apply for uh, a grant for money out of that uh, for school bus safety related uh, issues for their districts. Uh, the second piece of legislation that got passed, uh, which Jean can speak to a little more uh, uh, in detail, um, what that uh, did was that allows um, uh, 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 civil companies to enforce the law, which is what we were going for. Because when there's legislation that allows a, it to be a civil violation, then camera companies can issue those tickets 
and that's what we needed and that's what we got over the summer. So um, thanks to that, uh, companies like Bus Patrol America can come in and enter into agreements with school districts. And now in the state of Pennsylvania, if someone gets caught violating, uh, if, if they get caught passing the school bus with the camera, it's a $300 fine and 250 of that goes to the school district, wow. which it never for. Yes. And, uh, and then, you know, that money gets used and, and, uh, some of it gets put towards the, the cameras. Um, and the, the beauty of it is, um, is with bus patrol, there's, um, I, 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 they don't require the school districts to do any staffing. Um, they take care of everything. So, um, they're beautiful data angels that come in and, you know, they do the installations and the route studies and the, the, the public service announcements beforehand, and they mail the tickets. They even have support for violators, which I don't know. I would not support that at all, but that's part of it because, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Know that, you know, but, um, yeah. So, and the fact that school districts, um, I, I will now have a source of funding that they didn't before. Um, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. So my question is how many states, I guess, which is the bigger number, how many states allow school districts to do this? How many states don't allow school districts to do what, What's the, because I'm sure it's not every yeah. state in the U.S. that's allowing this to happen, correct? We're, we're up to 22 correct. states with some mm -hmm. form of legislation right now. Now, I also, I want to, and, and I think, Jason, your question's perfect, because it shows the, the Pennsylvania law, the first one, what it did was it created a bucket of money for schools to be reimbursed by. However, they still had to write the check. Mm -hmm. They had to go spend the money on infrastructure and they didn't. In fact, three years after that bill was passed, the only money in that account was a donation from a private citizen. And that was from me, from Magnet Sales. <laughs> I'm, I'm the only money. Red Mean Stop is the only money. That was Magnet and Cupcake money. So that means that they weren't writing any citations, basically. Because schools, no, because schools didn't have any cameras implemented because they couldn't afford the upfront capital. So mm -hmm. what happened was the, the law got changed to be in alignment with programs like ours where the private sector okay, is the one that should be making the capital investment on putting cameras on every school bus. That's how it should work, right? So that the government, the schools, municipalities, no one should have to front that money. If a private company is gonna go make a business and make money in the safety industry, they must take upon themselves the burden of equipping and spending that capital, in my opinion. And then the next piece you have to do is you have to make sure that every school bus gets it. So, you know, we talk about the data being consistent year after year with the NASDAQ survey. So this is how I like to, um, you know, make it real for people. When you guys drive down the road and you see a cruiser, a police cruiser, what's the first thing that you do? Stop on the brakes. Do you yeah, exactly. <laughs> stop on the brakes? Do you do that before you look at your speed? Uh, probably. Right I, I would think it's, yeah. Speed. Well, no, because I know I'm speeding, so I don't need to. <laughs> most people, it's like instinctive, right? Yeah. So that's the kind of behavioral change. Imagine in Allentown, after all 160 buses are equipped with, with this technology, and every citizen educated with a robust public awareness campaign that those exist. Now, imagine the hesitation they're going to have when they see that big yellow school bus. Are we going to get that? behavioral change to make sure that it happens every single time. Mm 
And so, and so that's kind of the secret sauce. And what Senator Brown realized in his first legislation and what the legislators corrected in the second was let's, let's create this vehicle that enables public sector, uh, private sector to fund it and then get paid through fine violations and then allow surplus from those fine violations to be reinvested by school districts so that they can look at safety more holistically. And, and that's, that's really the thing, because safety is not just about a ticket, right? Safety is about how we plan our routes more safely, how we train our drivers and execute those routes more safely, and how we hold drivers accountable around the bus. And all of that is can be enabled and improved through access to data. So when you start to integrate these things and you have 100% of your fleet covered and then you get to see what the hot spots are in your neighborhood, then you can start to do things like maybe proactively move stops that have kids crossing the road that are that could be in danger or maybe launching advocacy campaigns through social media targeted at the zip codes that are the worst offenders. Right. Mm-hmm. And really data is is the key. I'll give you a couple examples. So there's this one time when we did this pilot and I asked the transportation director, I was like, so talk to me about how you plan your routes. And they said, well, typically in the morning, because there's a lot of cars on the road, we try and avoid having the kids cross the street. And then in the afternoon, there are less cars on the road. So if we have to have more crosses, then then we'll, we'll do it in the afternoon. There's less cars, less risk. When we actually looked at the data, there were more violations in the afternoon and cars were traveling faster. So what was intuitively some, an action that the transportation director thought was making the kids safer wasn't supported by the underlying data. And that, that truth, the, the, the truth that gets manifested through data is different in each community because all like, even the road infrastructure is different in different places. The laws are different in different states. So if you have data that is you know, about your specific environment your specific roads and it's being collected continuously you can be more proactive and 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 then the next piece of this which was kind of you know i get excited about talking about technology you know we we, we, i talk about you know building out ai engines and all this cool cloud connectivity but the school bus industry doesn't have the connectivity it deserves either so once you actually connect a bus to the cloud to do enforcement that network connection is there and that can enable better use of other technologies like the internal cameras that are keeping the kids safe on the bus. And, you know, why is it that at home we can, you know, pop our TV open and then click an, on a Netflix video and watch whatever we want when a school bus, we still have to walk up to it, pull a hard drive and then go access files in it. Like, sure. how, how, how is that acceptable? Right. And, and so, you know, I, I think the, the moral of the story for me was as a technologist, our goal is to make technology available where it isn't right so the first step was there's no money money was this kind of everyone talks safety first in the school bus industry but everyone acts efficiency first and efficiency is code for money that's what that is there's nothing else it's like efficient is money so now okay let's let's put the burden of cost on the shoulders of people who carelessly put children's lives at risk that's a good place to start let's let's not tax law-abiding citizens because they don't deserve that so now now we, we put the burden on the right spot we ask the private sector hey guys you guys show up write your big checks because you you believe in child safety write the check so that's what the private sector comes in we write the checks we take care of the money piece 
Now it becomes, okay, that barrier is out of the way. Now let's evolve safety and let's use this to collaborate better. And, 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 and that's what these programs are enabling. And, and that's, I think, that the lesson that I try and leave everywhere I go. When I, and I speak to legislatures all the time, like the House, the Senate. I mean, Pennsylvania had me through the ringer. I did the same thing in Michigan. I'm doing the same thing in New York. Like, and what I keep telling people is give school transportation directors the tools they deserve. Give school bus drivers the support they deserve. Give access the technology to our kids because they're our future and they deserve it. And then, and you build a proper program that's self-funding and lives by those principles, you can actually get to a place that changes behavior. And over the three years of doing this, I'm new to this game. Like I started doing this in 2017. I'm just a, you know, a techie kid from Montreal who was in supply chain logistics, who just understood the importance of data and how to apply it to this specific problem. And now by the end of Q1 of, of 2021, we're going to be on almost 50,000 buses. 50,000 buses are going to have stop arms equipped um, by, by our project. So, so, you know, it's possible. And, and what I'd like to, you know, leave the, the, the people listening and, and the drivers, because that's who we're talking to today. It's like, you know, the barrier that you've always been told there's not enough resources creativity has, has found a solution to that and innovation has found a solution to that. So, so, you know, take that, that information with you and then ask people like Amber to be your advocate. That's, that, that, that's what you need because my voice, I, I'm, I'm a vendor. I'm, I'm someone in this space trying to innovate, but my opinion doesn't matter as much as the opinions of people like Amber, the bus drivers, the school districts. I mean, this is, they're, they're the real people who hold all the knowledge. Well, I like it. I, I going back to data, right? I think that's one of the things that this industry is really lacking in. We have we have a lot of data that we're able to pull out. You see buses now with GPS and cameras and all sorts of other things as far as the ECMs that you're pulling out of an engine. Um, but there's we just don't have the right people to, you know, actively bring that information out. Right. And, and then what to do with it, how to interpret it, how to how to get it in front of a governing board or how to get it in front of a, a let state legislator um, to have those conversations. So um, I really, really like, you know, what I'm hearing. And, and I think that Chad, probably from a sales standpoint, you know, that's pretty it's it's just very awesome to hear what everybody's done and taking the initiative to go ahead and push that through. I'll circle back to back to Mike and Charlie how are you guys working with state directors that may um, not be ahead of this or, or, or really hear it and want to do something with it? How are, how are you advocating for, um, you know, products like bus patrol and campaigns like stop, um, you know, from, from Amber, how are you working with like our, just I'll use Arizona as an example. How, how do you get in front of them to say, this is something that we need to be doing so that all, 50 states are on board with this and not just 22, like you said. Well, in, in our conversations with the state directors, it's usually not the state director that's the issue. Uh, they see the value of anything that would help with uh, lessening the impact of stop arm violations. The problem gets to be is, depending on the circumstances, how much access or where can they go in their various departments to get to the legislature? Uh, unfortunately, many times, and, and Amber's already aware of this, 
not quite fatally, but uh, many times it's a case of, of children having to pay the price for that. And Indiana is a perfect example of that. We've had laws in place about this, but we've taken those extra steps because of that. Uh, I think the one thing we can do is keep using this data. I know that, uh, and Charlie can go into a little more detail. I know other states have amped up their efforts and we've seen more legislation coming into place for stop our violations because of recent uh, situations. 2018 that, that I keep mentioning was about a week from lack of a better word, a week from hell when we had about seven people were killed all at the bus stops in various situations. Uh, and I think people are taking that whole issue more seriously. I know states in our state, we've done extra things. I know other states are amping up their efforts as well. So that's where we come into play as we talk with the state directors and say, okay, what can we give you that would help you get that message up there? And that's where the surveys come into play. We talk to position papers. We're, we're doing things like this podcast, uh, everything we can to bring the message out in more detail about, hey, here's the problem. It's defined. It's definite. It's happening. And it happens every single morning and every single afternoon of every single school day. This isn't just something that happens, you know, a hurricane comes. Okay, those happen certain times. Here, this happens all the time. And so I, I think we see that. I think we're already seeing a lot of that impact from there. And we also have, believe it or not, having being pushed down from the federal government. We have a number of legislators that are looking at various uh, legislation or trying to push various legislation. They can also push this from the top. So it's not from just from the bottom up. It's from the top down as well. So we're, I think we're getting to a point where we'll have that, that excellent mix of all forces and, and we'll see a case where all states will be very aggressive. This, the problem will be is will the motorists learn from that? And that's, sure. the, that's the tough part. And, and I, I would say from experience that I, I would say the key piece of, of information that really triggers progress in any state is the local videos. It's when you get these pilots where people see cars passing stop school buses uh, on a politician's local road, then all of a sudden you can't deny it anymore. It's not someone else's problem. It's not this ambiguous thing. It really has a life. So then what our success has been taking that content or those videos, creating compelling content online, allowing and enabling advocacy at the parent level, at the grassroots level, where through social media, we can get a lot of support and really quickly. There's, there are other associations like Amber's. In Ontario, the uh, province in Canada, there's a, there's a charity called Let's Remember Adam. So Pierre Ranger um, is a, a wonderful guy. I mean, wonderful. He, he lost his brother in 2000 to one of these. Their family is like forever changed. And, and when, we, when we actually designed our products, um, we did it in North Bay. So it's Northern Ontario in the winter. So we could, you know, really put the stuff through the ringer and make sure that it was, it was road ready. And, and he was kind of like, he was t- helping us. He was helping us through his pain. He was helping us through what he did. And then we said, how can we help you? You've helped us, you know, think of our, how we engineer products better. How can I help you with how you educate people on, on what happened to your family? And so we, we created this video and this let's remember Adam video got 4 million views, went viral, created a landslide of support, letters, emails to the legislature. The, the premier of Ontario was getting calls 
it, it, it took a life of its own and all of a sudden laws got changed. So, you know, we learned a lot. We, we, we learned that, you know, you, you need data to prove the problem, but you also need to make sure that people understand that it can happen to them too. It can happen in their communities. And once you have that, then you've got the, the, the beginning of what can be changed. And, and, and then you push through and, and I, I invite everyone. Some, and by the way, I don't even, I, this is, I'm an advocate for the issue. If I go in and help a state pass a law and someone else wins the contracts and someone else does it, that state is safer because I helped. So I, I'm happy to do that. So, so you, I know I have the fastest car on the road, but I don't have a track if I'm not helping legislators find a way sure. to, to build Right. So, so, so let's just like do that. So, so again, I'll just kind of simplify things. One is be in touch with the grassroots, do a pilot, support a pilot, get five buses measuring this stuff, create content, create a program, make people aware, use the media, use social media, create this, create the, uh, make people understand the risk. Because it's real, right? When you see the risk, you can't deny it. So, so let people understand the risk. And when risk is understood, that's when action should follow. Hmm. And, 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 you know, I, I would say I'll do the same thing in Arizona. And I don't care what, where, what political um, allegiance you have. You, your kid matters to you. Sure. And, 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 and that's all. And I can tell you, this is a total bipartisan issue. And the other thing that's, that's kind of interesting about, about school bus stop arm enforcement is it's, it's accepted way better than red light and speed, right? Mm -hmm. Red light and speed is, is like, Hey, like my car, um, it, <laughs> I, I go, I go 80 miles an hour. I don't even feel it. And I'm getting a ticket from, from a machine, you know, people, even though it saves lives, objectively, it saves lives. You put those things in place. There are less sure. accidents. Just people don't live it the same way. Passing a stop school bus, you don't go to work to complain. You don't go, hey, the government taxed me today. No, you, you hope you got home before your wife did or before your husband did so that you can open that ticket up and hide it and pay it as quickly as possible, right? Mm -hmm. So, so let, let's use kind of that shame and, and let's use the, these programs to put money and technology um, where they really need to be. And, and I can tell you one thing that this, this whole stop arm enforcement program, what it did at Bus Patrol was... We actually, because we're all connected and we've got this network and we've got this revenue stream, we have cameras that, that look at kids before they get on the bus. And within half a second, I can tell you if they're exhibiting signs of a fever so that we can decide whether we let them on the bus or not. Because our bus drivers who are 60 years and up are part, are part of a very vulnerable population in this new world and reality of COVID. And what did we, how did we solve for that problem? Because we were able to solve the technology problem on the school bus and protect kids and, and enforce the laws more efficiently. Right. So this is all possible, guys. Like all of this is possible. You, you, the, the, the recipe has been, been built. It's been tried, tested and true. If you have a state that doesn't have a law, raise your hand. People like me will show up to help you. Awesome. Well, do you think do you think that do you think that people don't push for it because there's obviously 80,000 people in a day? That's not all the people that are on the road when a school bus is, is stopped, but it's such a, you know, it's not a big percentage of people that violate, you know, most majority of people recognize the safest, most obvious vehicle on the road yeah. and they respect it, but a small percentage of them don't. So do you think that the problem with getting it pushed through and getting people to really recognize it is because majority of the people do respect it and they, it's probably hard for them to believe that 
how many people don't stop when a school bus is stopped. You know, I mean, it, I was blown away by the numbers you guys presented earlier. Shocked. I mean, floored that that many people in a day. You think the numbers floor, you watch the videos. Yeah. You know, if you know, a, a picture says a thousand words, a video says a million. Yeah. Like, I've seen a couple where they pass on the on the the curbside when the doors open. There's one where a kid was getting ready to get off and a car went blowing by, like on driver the curb. Grabbed his backpack and pulled him back on the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen one where um, a kid got killed. Yeah. Where yeah. my evidence processors are, are sitting there watching a kid get get smoked by a car. And then you have to analyze that with police. And then I have to get, you know, I, I have to take care of the mental health of my employees who are helping that. Like, this is not like, it's not just passing. Like, there are yeah. real consequences. Their families get ruined. So so in saying that, I, th I think that you're right. I mean, having help from, from a, a company or an organization to come in and, and show the people that respect the bus that other so many other people don't will help get this pushed through. I mean, because it's, it's a huge issue and, and people don't realize the, the magnitude of the issue, obviously. I mean, and so they think it's a, they, they don't understand that there's people that can help get it on there and how it can help fund further safety for school buses, prevent, you know, even one child in their community getting killed or one, one child in the state getting killed. You know, to me, that's worth it. Yeah, <clears throat> anyway, this is great. This has been so informative. By far the best one, Jason. Good job. Thanks. Amber. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, if if I could speak to that, um, one of the ways that I was able to get the attention of uh, Senator Brown and, and uh, Representative Schlossberg was the videos that I had taken because um, I, I brought those with me as well. All the all the, the camera videos from my um, from my daughter's bus stop and videos that other people had sent me through the Facebook page. So that's the tool that I used to get the legislators attention. The tool that helped get the public's attention was the pilot program and the videos that got provided by um, bus patrol on those two buses. The, those two buses that they ran the pilot on in 45 days, that included Christmas and Thanksgiving, that period of time. So it was 45 calendar days, but you take out the weekends, you take out the holidays, sure. you know, if you would extrapolate that data, it, it, was more than 1.5. And uh, we had a, a, a press conference with Jean and, and, and uh, uh, in the, uh, the school district building and the gasps, you know, from the crowd, there were 30 or 40 people there. And I, there were public uh, 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 city vehicles violating. There, there was, was a, there was a, a city <laughs> bus that violated a school bus wow. and the gasps, so, 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 so if you don't have an Amber <laughs> um, uh, to toot in your, you know, if you don't have an angry parent, if you don't have, you know, uh, somebody on the ground in your area, I mean, as a bus driver, I get the pilot program because videos don't lie. They so how do people get this? that? I mean, what's the information, what website, what phone number, where can they go to get that? I'd, 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 Jean, I'd also Matt. Anderson, um, there's, uh, and they did the pilot program free of charge. So buspatrol.com, I mean, you can reach out to yeah. me at buspatrol.com. And I don't want to make this like a commercial for our stuff, but like, you know, Google us, um, reach out to us. We're happy to do these pilots. Um, mm -hmm. We do the 
kind of everywhere. We've got them already going on in, in most of the states that, that, that don't have one, but we'll, we're happy to do it. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You just have to ask. Yeah. I don't think that I would consider it as a commercial. I think, I think to Chad's point is that there are people, bus drivers, hopefully listening to this, even administrators that are listening to this and they know that it's a real problem, but you know, we get, we as, as who work in the school industry, um, you know, just get so inundated with the day to day that it makes it very difficult to spend any additional time to go and get in front of legislators or get in front of, uh, the governing board or bring it to people's attention to, to be able to just collect data because we're dealing with employees. We're dealing with, you know, driving routes ourselves. We're doing, you know, so many things to just close the gaps that we don't have that. And so my other thought was like, have you guys worked with school uh, insurance companies that, you know, are looking at, you know, potential just, you know, mitigation strategies or whatnot that are, you know, how, how can this come in and how can they maybe lobby for us? on a full-time basis to get in front of legislators or whatnot? Have you guys had any experience with working with folks like that? Yeah. So, so we work with um, like our, our relationships through uh, lobbyists and how we interact with government officials with, and, and that gets us into kind of every, um, every stakeholder we're able to go and meet and educate and talk to. So whether that be, the insurance companies or whether that be the school districts, law enforcement, um, cities, counties. I mean, you know, we, we really do take care of making sure that when we get in somewhere, we expand out the messaging to include all of the stakeholders. And another, another challenge to these programs and getting them to work is the fact that there are so many stakeholders. So one, you've got the school district, then you've got the operators because not all school districts own their own fleet, right? So, sure. so you have to take into consideration the needs of the operators as, as you look to implement these programs. Then you've got the city um, or county, and that's who has the law enforcement obligation. So that's where the tickets come from. And then law enforcement, whose role is to essentially, you know, make the community safer. So once you have all of those parties together, that's what we've kind of gotten down to a science and bringing everyone together to show their roles and to make the program simple. And the other thing we had to do when we designed this was we had to make sure that we took all the heavy lifting on our shoulders. So, you know, from the preparation of the evidence to managing the flow of, of how that got to a police officer, having their judgment used to issue the ticket and then and then us taking over all the back office to to print that ticket mail it receive it that way we weren't in, we weren't causing any increases in spending in any of the stakeholders so once we took again it was really important for us we understood very early on in this that once you took the money excuse away from people all that was left was their goodwill to collaborate for child safety and that's the best place to be because there's not a soul that stands up on a box that says, I don't want to collaborate to improve safety sure. for children. Right. So that, so that, that's what we had to do. Just, just make sure that that was done. And then once you're there, then it's a matter of execution. And I can tell you in the state of Pennsylvania, Allentown, they led on the issue. They, and, and they, they, they helped pass the law and they are going to have the first centralized processing center in Allentown that is going to be looking at all this evidence and preparing it for the police. So, so right then and there, and that's another concept of 
how having your community participate in the policing of itself sure. makes programs more effective, efficient, and accepted. Everybody's bought right? in, right? Yeah, you, and you go to you go you go to the barbecue. You go to you know it's, uh, on the weekend, and you talk about where you're working. And I'm working at a place that helps kids safety. Mm-hmm. And here's what I do. And then all of a sudden, the the education and the message gets everywhere, and it yeah. becomes like a, a, a cultural changer. And, and 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 that's really how you need to think about things: change human behavior with human beings, right. and support them with technology. I I 100% agree. I think you know. It's kind of a, a segue nationally, you know, when you look at just what's nationally or globally happening, it's just when you, you talk about everything that's going on, right? We're all trying to figure out how to work around uh, behaviors that need to be changed. And so I think this kind of really aligns with that, right? While we're at it, hey, let's let's focus on this. So um, we're getting, we're kind of past an hour. So I just want to um, kind of wrap up here and close the, close the episode up. Is there any, like, current petitions that are open or or what's just the best way that if people want to get involved necessarily don't want to start a potentially a state um red means stop program or anything like that is there something at a national level that folks can just get involved in how do they how do they do that well i can tell you once the one place to start is um there's a facebook group called stop for the bus um start start there get engaged uh in social media and um and then if you're interested in, in participating in Bus Patrol's national outreach, then uh, reach out to Bus Patrol uh, or even myself, Jean, J-E-A-N, at buspatrol.com. That's my email address. I'm CEO, founder. I don't sit behind a desk, as Amber knows. I'm out in the field talking to bus drivers and making sure these things work. So, um, yeah, just, just reach out. I'm happy to help um, include you in our national campaigns and have you guys, your bu- you bus drivers, help us create content that will resonate in America so that people can hear your stories, hear your message, and hopefully create the change we're all looking for. Awesome. And uh, Amber, if people want to get uh, in touch with you and maybe just hear a little bit more about structurally, like if they if they do want to create a, a state uh, chapter per se, I mean, I could almost see like a a red mean stop national, you know, group or something like that. And then each state has its own chapter that, you know, people head up or whatnot. So how would they, how would they reach out to find you, Amber, if they wanted to know more information about your journey? Nope. You're muted. 2020. We have a a Facebook page as well. It's called red mean stop. Uh, It's very easy to find. Um, And uh, my email address is, Red means stop PA at gmail.com. Uh, red means stop PA at gmail.com. So uh, I have a Dropbox uh, that I can email people um, that has uh, copies of the letters that we sent and received back and support from school districts, uh, copies of the studies from uh, uh, Charlie and, and, and Mike's website and things like that. So um, the Red Mean Stop Facebook page and uh, also my email address. So I'm happy to help because um, I, 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 I figured it all out how not to do things and how to do things, you know, as far as, you know, from a normal person's, uh, just from an, an advocate, from a parent's, you sure. know, you know, and, and, and uh, I, I do want to also thank all the bus drivers that are out there listening. Um, I, you have personally 
you know, made sure that my daughter lives on many occasions. And um, uh, because it's it's very bad in, in Allentown, and unfortunately. And um, I just want to say how much I appreciate everything that you guys do, because it's not just a job. And the, uh, the this up arm camera program is is to p- support you, you know, in and and the, the whole thing is child safety, but it's also, you know, a, a, as Jean mentioned, it, it's 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 mental health because yes, it impacts the families, you know, that you know the when children, you know, unfortunately get hit or injured, but the bus driver has to watch all of it, you know, yeah. and I sure. I couldn't do it, yeah. so hats are off to you. And um, I, I appreciate you keeping my my daughter alive. So thank you. Um, but like I said, I'm happy to help anybody that has a question. Awesome. Thank you. And Charlie, uh, how can, if anybody wants to find out more about uh, support from NASDIPS or just questions maybe about how the state director's programs work and maybe even if they have questions about who their own state director is, um, where can they go to find information about that? Well, our, our website is uh, nasdpts.org, uh, and on our website, you'll find a first-level link for find a director, a spot which will give you a map and show you how to, how to get in touch with your own state director. Obviously, if it's a local school district issue you're, that you have a question about, the state director is a good place to start because they know all of them, all the local administrators and so on. So uh, nasdips.org is, a, is, is our portal. So. Awesome. And my, my, my email is in Mike's and others uh, on our executive board are, uh, are on that page as well. So we, we will be more than happy to help. Uh, anybody's welcome to call or email me at any time uh, with my contact information that's at nasdips.org, and I'll be happy to help however I can. Very awesome. Thank you all very much. Uh, just we'll close it up uh, to everybody listening. Remember that School Bus Safety Week is October 19th through the 23rd. Uh, the theme is red light means stop. So make sure that we are communicating that out to our students and staff and doing uh, just, you know, this this work to get it out in front of everybody. Um, and we'll have Love the Bus Month up in February next year. So, uh, again, thank you to everybody who's here. This has been very informative, very, uh, you know, I think hopefully my hope is that people will come away feeling more empowered than they did uh, before Mm -hmm. listening to this and and that there is hope out there and that there is um, people that are doing this work and, and, you know, you don't have to start from scratch and that, you know, there's obviously and several the resources. Yeah. yeah, the resources, who to get a hold of, you know, Jean and, and Bus Patrol, and I mean, all the resources these people to reach out because you know, today there are bus drivers frustrated with people still passing their bus. If they hear this, they've got a website, an email, and then people to reach out to to get help to to help get this problem solved. I mean. Great, very informative. Great job, guys. Thank you all so much. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad I was here to hear all this. This is great. Yep. Well, thank you for having us. We really appreciate uh, the platform and everything you guys do to make sure that um, safety is always top of mind in the pupil transportation industry. So uh, you guys are playing a big role, and, and we appreciate it. Thank you. To everybody, thanks again for stopping by. Uh, check us out on social media, Hey Bus Driver Podcasts. Uh, on all of the social media platforms and the website www.heybusdriver.com until next time uh, hopefully everybody stays safe and we're starting to head into 
back to school season. So we'll we'll see uh, more and more buses out on the road, more and more kids out on the road. So uh, everybody make sure that we're double, triple checking and making sure that we're keeping all our little ones safe. So until then, uh, we'll see everybody next time. Thank you. Be well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.